This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Hey guys, thank you so much for filling the gap there. Friends, we are, are you enjoying this journey? Are you, do you enjoy the church that you're a part of? I love this church. I love what God's doing. really want to encourage you as, as life groups, as a community, we're going to be uh, getting involved in our Spring of Hope for the entire month of September. We're going to have some moments, uh, and again, we'll make some of those things available for you. There'll be a link you can follow. It'll take you to a website where you can sign up and say, I want to get involved in this project. I want to give some money towards it. I want to give my time. I'm going to get give my talents. And uh, it's going to be an amazing time together. We have got the privilege of having Chanel Rousseau with us today from Storehouse Church in PE, Port Elizabeth. Kabecha. I must get the here we go. <laughs> and uh, friends, as you know, as a church, we build with the apostolic translocal team called New Covenant Ministries International. Chanel's been serving on that team for many years. And she's based at Storehouse. She's a, a, a member. And I think it's important for us to see many of us, you know, we would love to have a ministry. Anybody would like, yes, man, I'd love to have a ministry. I'm ministering out right now. Murdoch is ministering at Foresight uh, Church in Krugersdorf. You know, he's, he's, an, he's a gift to that church. Translocally, he's busy ministering there. And, um, and we see that the translocal or the, our artwork, our apostolic work happens from the local. That's why it's called translocal, from the local, through the local, you know. Local is lacquer. And so we want to we wanna just, again, emphasize that that is our value. And so as Chanel shares with us today, that I want you to see that that's a value, but also that you'd receive her as a gift to us as a church. God speaks through it. I think there's going to be some prophetic m- moments. God's going to highlight some stuff. I want you to open your heart wide because she can be trusted. She's been with us before, um, and we have been building a great relationship with, with her as well as with Storehouse. And so I want to encourage you uh, to open your hearts wide. Thank you, Chanel. You can w- make your way up here. Um, as she does, I want to just pray for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this gift, Lord, that Chanel is to us as a church. In this moment, in this time, Lord Jesus, we pray that um, you would just be glorified, Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you that you also speak through her. And as a church, Lord Jesus, we want to hear what the Holy Spirit is wanting to say to us. Thank you, Father, that you transform hearts and lives as your word, which is sharper than a two-edged sword, pierces the heart and makes us more like you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I have all my props ready. Um, Good morning. City on a Hill Church. It is such a wonderful privilege to be able to share with you this morning. And I just want to thank Gareth and Ainsley and the team here for just, you know, I don't take these moments lightly. And so I do appreciate that. And I feel the weight of being able to bring to you this morning what I feel like the Lord has put on my heart for you. Uh, But before we dive into that, um, I want to say that as Gareth said, I come from a church in Port Elizabeth. We now call it GQ because Kabecha is not that familiar for all of us. So I now come from, I've gone from PE to GQ. And uh, and so I'm part of a local church there called The Storehouse. And uh, they're not wondering where I am this morning. It's like, oh, where's Chanel? Um, there is something about being sent from the local. And so, you know, we plugged, I'm plugged in there. I'm on staff there. I serve there. And, um, and it looks different every Sunday. We're doing something different, serving somewhere else. 
And so the eldership team of that church, of the storehouse, has sent me. There is an authority with which they send me and under which they send me. And as I come here this morning, I don't come as a guest speaker. I don't come as I'm going to tell you what to do. I come here as a servant this morning. I come to serve you as a church, and I submit everything I bring to your local eldership team. And so I want you to see me not as a guest speaker, not like as some big ministry, but as a servant coming to serve you with what I feel God has placed upon my heart. And I do submit everything I bring. And so, Gareth, you can jump up at any time and stop me if you want to. Um, and so I do that really humbly this morning. And I trust that that which the Lord brings would encourage you uh, because gifts are given to the church not for my benefit. They are given to the church for your benefit. And it's to encourage, to strengthen, to build up. That's what gifts are sent to churches to do. And so I trust this morning that the word of the Lord would encourage you. It would strengthen you. Um, it would comfort you this morning. And um, it would spur you on in what it is that God's called you to. And so this might look a little different from what you used to. I'm not too, too sure of what you used to, but knowing Gareth and Ainsley, it's probably a little bit out the box. And uh, so this morning, I'm wanting to bring to you what I have felt the Lord laid on my heart for you. And that's a gift that the Lord has given to the church called the prophetic. And you might think you might be new year, you might be a visitor, and you think, what on earth is that? It really is simply being able to hear the voice of the Lord for someone else, for a church, for an area, for a region, for a specific place or a specific person. And so I do the best I can to hear God in preparation in coming here. But the Bible also says very clearly that we are to test prophetic words. And so what I bring this morning, I submit to you to test. I submit it to the elders. They are your gatekeepers. They will test that. I encourage you to test the words that God has given you. So there's responsibility also on us to not just take it all in, but to say, God, is this true to your character? Is this true to your nature? Is this true to your word? Is it confirming what the Spirit has been speaking to us? And so I want you to view what I bring this morning through those lenses of testing what it is that God, God says, and I trust that it will confirm things to you. And uh, I know that this is a church that is rich in prophecy. It's rich in the Word of God. Um, you have wonderful prophetic promises over you as a church. Um, I know the people in, you know, some of the people in the life of the church, they have strong prophetic anointings upon their life. And so this church has got prophetic promises, prophetic inheritances, uh, inheritance over you. There are things God said to this church when it was still a couple of people in a room. Um, that, and some of those have come to pass, but some of those still need to come to pass. And I want to let you in on a little secret this morning, if maybe if you weren't aware. But if you are sitting here this morning, you are the people, the family, the individual that's going to be part of bringing that prophetic word to pass. You see, it's not the front row that brings the prophetic words to pass. It's us partnering with God to see those prophetic words come to pass. And so each of you, those prophetic words are prophetic words over this church are for you as a, because you have chosen to plant yourself in this house and in this family. And so it's to say, God, what are the prophetic words over this church? What is God saying this morning? And how can we partner with those words? How can we get involved? How can we serve to see that come to pass? 
Because a lot of people think the prophetic or the hearing the voice of God or the promises of God, man, it's like those little boxes. You know, you pull out your little promise and then you stick it on the fridge or maybe you've had a prophetic word and you write it and you stick it in your Bible and then you sit and go, well, we'll just, you know, we'll just wait. We're going to see how God does this, you know. And that is not how the prophetic works. The prophetic is not, the promises of God are not a guarantee. You might say, whoa, that's not, no, actually, the promises of God to us is an invitation to say, will you come and partner with me to see those words come to pass? And so if you have a prophetic word to teach or to be in business or to raise finance or whatever your, the word is or the calling God has over your life, it's to partner with those words to say, God, what must I do? How must I partner with you to see that come to pass? And so this morning as I share, I want to share it as an invitation to every person sitting here. I want you to see it as a personal handwritten invitation from the Lord <laughs> saying, will you be a part of this promise? Will you be a part of seeing this promise come to fulfillment? And can I say you will see as more and more people grab hold of the promises of God over this church, you will see an acceleration of fulfillment of prophecy. Because sometimes we can delay the promises of God, not because he is not good and he is not faithful, but sometimes it's because we're a little lazy. <laughs> we're looking around going, yeah, I think that word's for you, buddy. Yeah, I think it's for you. No, for, not for me, you know. Do you want to see an acceleration of the promises of God over you as a church? Start saying, how can I be a part of the fulfillment of those promises? And you will see an acceleration coming. And so as a church, I had a word for you, which I have just felt over and over again. And the word I felt was increase, 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 increase. God is wanting to bring increase amongst you. He's wanting to bring multiplication amongst you. I just felt those words, multiplication, increase, multiplication, increase, not just numerically. It includes numerical. But I felt he wanted to increase your impact and your influence in this city, in this nation, and in the nations of the world. That there's an impact and an influence that he wants to increase amongst you and through you. And so I feel like there's going to be an influx of new people and visitors. I feel like already you look around and you go, who are these people? I've never seen them before. How many of you have said that? It's like, yeah, I've been in this church for like five years. And on Sunday, I looked around and I didn't recognize anybody. Some of the leaders say that. They go, I look around and I don't know who these people are. Get used to that because I believe God is bringing in. There's an increase of people that God is going to bring into this very building, into your lives, that um, there is going to be an increase that will come. And you will need to potentially get more chairs. You're potentially going to have to create more space. You're potentially going to have to create more meetings to be able to facilitate what it is that God wants to bring and increase in and through you. I felt like salvations, there's an increase in salvations, not church transfers, not like I'm miffed with that church up the road, so I'm going to come and sit in this church and get miffed here and then move on to somewhere else. No, actually, there are going to be new salvations, new Christians, new babies that are going to come in. And I felt like not only in this local congregation, but as you send out teams into nations and places and regions, there's going to be salvation connected to those that are going to go. And so... 
I want to encourage you in that. Um, I was so encouraged this morning with your with your announcements and what it is that you were doing, because I had you impacting and reaching the city. I felt like God was saying that he wants to increase the impact that you have in the city. And I felt like it's going to be spiritual as well as practical. It was like a two-pronged little plug <laughs> that would plug people in and you would reach the city. I felt like there's an increase coming specifically to your mercy ministry. I don't know if there's a mercy ministry or like an NGO that's connected to the church, but I just felt like there was an increase coming there and that people that are not even in this church are going to support what it is that you do into the community financially. I felt like business and government and provincial are going to hear about what it is that you're doing. And they're going to say, how can we partner with you? Can we, can we give finance? Can we send some people? Can we, what can we do? And I felt like that increase is going to come in impacting and reaching your city, both um, spiritually as well as practically. Um, I felt like in the area of kids and teenagers, it's like you're not going to know what to do with them. They're going to be falling out of like little cracks and nooks and crannies and you're going to say, what must we do <laughs> with all these kids and these teenagers? I felt like there's an increase and an influx that are coming into that. And I felt connected to that, that in the, in the future, and I'll just submit this to you guys, I don't know if it's in your heart, but I felt like there's going to be some sort of an internship or like a year of your life or one of those like gap years where teenagers, before they sort of like released into the world and sent to varsities to get up to who knows what, that they're going to have a year where they can come and serve, where there's a, where there's a sense of if you can pour into them and, they and it can pour out of them. And so I just want to submit that uh, to you. I feel like your kids' facilities are even going to be used during the week to be able to reach the community and be a safe place for kids to come to. So I'll just leave that with you. Um, I felt like your impact into Africa is going to increase. Your impact. I loved yesterday I was standing and I just looked around and saw these sort of African prints on the wall. And I felt like those African prints, wa it wasn't a decor decision. <laughs> it wasn't like, hey, let's find the cheapest material and cover that board with it. That there's actually something prophetic about that that God has called you to reach an impact. And these other nations, I know you're working into Brazil and there's influence into America, but I felt like there was a, a real thrust into taking teams into Africa. Um, you would both fly and travel in teams into Africa. Um, I felt like even as you're starting an evening congregation in Poch this evening, um, or evening service, I felt like there, um, and I... I really submit this to you guys, but I felt into the future that there will be multiple meetings at multiple sites. And so I just felt like what God is doing here, he's going to start replicating. And I felt like there are people that are already meeting and they are like sheep without a shepherd. And they are going to come and say, won't you come and help us? Won't you come? We've got, we've got stuff. We've got a facility sometimes. We've got a room. We've got people, but we need you to come and help. And I felt like it's not always just going to be planting a site with one couple and saying, cheers, bye, enjoy, <laughs> we'll see you. Um, but actually that there's going to be, it's like you, you're going to be called to help. And as a result, sites would come from that. So half the time, I'm not too sure what all this means. So I'll just submit that to you as I hear that. And so sites and surrounding areas and multiple meetings, flailing churches and small groups that are going to ask you to come and help. Let me just give you a little, um, 
bit of insight into when that happens. We can't all sit comfortably in our seats. That's going to mean releasing some of your leaders and releasing some of your teams and having worship teams playing here this week and there next week and going to help there next week. Can you see these words and these promises aren't going to be fulfilled by one people or a team. They are going to be fulfilled by teams of people saying, man, we want to partner with what it is that God is saying. And then I felt like there was an increase of the wine of the Spirit coming amongst you. And I felt like this house is not being called to be a house of meeting, but a house of revival. And I felt like God has put you in this place to be a revival center for the city. And I just felt like an increase of the weight of the, the presence of God amongst you, the, like the signs, wonders, the outpouring of the Spirit of God. And as that happens, I feel like there's going to be this increase and influx um, that's going to come. And so doesn't that sound exciting? I'm hoping it confirms some things for you. And, and all of us go, man, that's awesome. Can we get a recording of that word? Yeah, that was fantastic. Let's, let's print it out. Let's stick it up. Let's, let's do all this amazing stuff. And then it's like, okay, now what? Let me say, now what? I felt this scripture for you, which comes from Luke 5, verse 37. And it says, and no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. And who wants to waste good wine? The wine will run out and the wineskins will not be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. You might be thinking, what on earth is this woman talking about this morning? Wine and wineskins, is she saying we must have wine parties? I don't know. Now, actually, what it speaks about is the new wine, is the, the wine of his presence and what it is that God wants to pour out over you. And we've spoken about what God wants to release and pour out over you as a people. He's wanting to release and bring increase and multiplication in people and kids and teenagers and the city and the nations. These things that he wants to pour out over you. But can I say, sometimes our containers, our wineskins, our Tupperwares, <laughs> aren't big enough yet to contain what it is that God wants to prepare you for, what he wants to pour out amongst you. And I felt this morning when you said, man, all those words are wonderful. Actually, all those words are wonderful, and God wants to do it all. But he says, if I had to pour that out right now, could you contain it? If you had a hundred new people come through the door, do you have the infrastructure, the containers, the wineskin to be able to contain what it is, that we don't mess anything, we don't waste anything, we don't miss anything that God has for us. And so far, I felt him say, to prepare for the increase. It's not to sit and go, yo, that's wonderful, eh? let's, let's see how this goes. Let's sit back and watch. It's not actually to prepare for what is coming, to prepare different things for what is coming. And I want to do demonstrate something to you this morning, and it might get a little messy, but I like messy church. Um, I'm not sure if Gareth likes messy church on his carpets, but it won't be too bad. And so I want to do a little illustration that I hope you won't forget. See, because all these prophetic words from today, from years gone by, from years ago, that have still not come to pass. God wants to pour that out. But you see, we have these containers sometimes 
that get full and full and full and full and God wants to pour out more and more but man we don't have enough people to serve and we don't have enough people to volunteer and we don't have enough people to go and we don't have enough finances to and you see what happens some of that gets wasted some of it gets lost are our containers are our wineskins Try not to focus on the mess on the floor. Those OCDs amongst you, just that will be okay. We'll clean it up afterwards. <laughs> but you see, when God starts pouring out and we start saying, you know what, me and my family, my time, my resources, I'll volunteer, I'll help, I'll serve, I'll give. And you see, there's so much room for so much more of what God wants to pour out. And he can just keep pouring out and pouring out and pouring out because there's a container to contain what it is. And we are that container. <laughs> what we build is what God wants to do through us. Can you contain what it is that God wants to pour out through your life and through the life of this church? Are there things that are in place to be able to receive what it is that God wants to pour out. So how do we do that? How do we prepare for increase? How do we compa uh, prepare for multiplication, for what's to come? How do we prepare for those kids and the teenagers and the visitors and the salvations and the reaching the city and the, all those wonderful things for revival and the presence of God and people flooding this place and multiple meetings and sites and just thinking about it. I can't imagine what you're going to be feeling like doing it. Gareth's going, you I think I need a holiday before we start. And uh, he is going on holiday. So how do we do that? And I felt for you this scripture as a strategy for you as a church. And it comes um, from Mark. It's mentioned in the other gospels as well. But I'm going to read the, the version from Mark 6, verse 30 to 44. And many of us know this story, but I want to give us a little, a few handles around this. It says the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that had, all they had taught, all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming, does that sound familiar to what we've just said, and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat. Yeah, oh, oh, all you hangry people. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Guys, God has got compassion on the city. He has got compassion on the nation and the nations because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. Some of the clock watches on a Sunday morning, like my roast in the oven. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. Not too sure how remote Gladstock is, but this is a remote place, they said, and it's clearly very late. <coughs> Send the people away. So that they can go and get, you know, surrounding, go to the countrysides and the villages and they can buy themselves something to eat. Go to McDonald's and KFC and go get something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. Sure, Lord, we're just going to watch and see what you do. 
God says, no, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than a year's wages. Aren't we always like, yes, that's a bit of a big dream, guys. Sure, those prophetic promises, do you know that's going to take some money? Sure, it's going to cost us. We don't have that amount of finance. Like, how are we going to do that? We're going to need more staff, and we're going to need more this, and we're going to need more that. We don't have the bucks for that. That's going to cost us more than a half a year's wages to feed them. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, we have five loaves and two fish. There were a bunch of people, way more than are in this building today. (laughs) Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups, you know, like they said there were groups of 50, home groups, small groups. That's how you go big and stay small at the same time. That's just for free. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute. We need some servants to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. There were tons of leftovers. (laughs) You need lots of Tupperware for that amount of leftovers. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000 from two loaves, five loaves and two fish. So what do we draw from this passage of Scripture? You see, the fact is that people were coming because they knew there was something around Jesus and his disciples. People are going to be attracted to this place. People are going to be attracted to what it is that God's doing to sites and other places because of the presence of God, because they are going to encounter God. And that is primarily what we do. (laughs) We introduce people to Jesus. They encounter him and his presence, and they are forever changed. And what happens then is they tell their friends who tells their friend who tells their friend and everyone starts coming because they're hungry to encounter Jesus. So I want to say to you, what do we do? How do we prepare for increase? I want to say, keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) Keep loving the Lord. Keep praying. Keep worshiping. Keep meeting together. Meeting in home groups. Do carry on doing what you're doing to have people encounter Jesus in and through you. They will come. They will come. (laughs) If Jesus is in this place, people will come. And then realize that at your best, the cost is too big, that you can't do it, that you will feel overwhelmed and it will feel too big. You will stand like those disciples and go, it's going to cost too much. It's going to be hard. It's going to be Uh, you know, we can't do that. We don't have the capacity for that. We don't have the right amount of people for that. We don't have this set up. When we realize that we actually can't do it, that's the best place when we can get to. Where we're going, man, if every single one of us puts our hand to the plow, every one of us gives, every one of us serves, (laughs) we're still not going to have enough. But you see, that's when faith comes in. Because we believe that we're going to do it anyway Because God is going to take our five loaves and our two fish, and he's going to multiply it supernaturally. When I was 18 or 19, I got saved when I was 17, just a couple of years ago, and um, as you can see, and uh, 
I got saved and I was saved into a church, that lo- the church that I'm in now that loves the nations and I just felt like the Lord say, the nations is part of your inheritance. And so as a student, as a young working professional, I just I opened an apostolic little account. And I'd sometimes I put 10 rand in there and sometimes I put 20 rand in there. And the point wasn't the amount that I put in. The point was that I was bringing my five loaves and my two fish because I believe what God had said about the nations. And I said, God, you will take my five loaves and my two fish and multiply them. Did I ever have enough on my own saving to go on a trip? Not once. But can I say that God has made a way to pay for every single trip that I've ever gone on? And I believe when my faith connected with the supernatural work of God, that promise was fulfilled in and through my life. You see, so the the task is too big. It does seem overwhelming. You think, yes, this is going to cost like a year's wages or two years wages or you're going to have to sell a house and bond this. No, actually, you're going to bring what you have. And you're going to say, God, would you multiply that? And I want to say to this church, I'm not a boxing fan, but there's a saying in boxing that goes that you are going to box way over your weight category. So if you're a little featherweight, I would not be a featherweight. So if you were a little featherweight and you were sort of boxing, you would be able to box in the heavyweight division. Why? Not because of your muscle and your strength, but because he empowers you to be able to box in a category way beyond what's possible for you. And so I want to say to you, City on a Hill, hear the promises of God, believe them, mix it with your faith, bring your five loaves and your two fish and say, this is what I have. I have time. I've got finance. I've got a room. I've got a bucky. I've got a trailer. I've got camping equipment. I've got whatever. I'm going to bring it and God's going to multiply that. He's going to multiply it amongst you. Because there's a supernatural element that makes us never go to take the glory for ourselves, but always to give the glory to him. And I feel like even the facility that you are sitting in here, you never had enough. It was never possible. If you tried to figure it out in your brain how this facility would have been built, you would never have done it. But there were some courageous men and women that said, we believe God, he's spoken, and we're going to bring what we have, and God's going to multiply it. Bring your two loaves and your five fish. God will multiply it. He will multiply finance, your capacity, your gifts, your time, your volunteers, your skills. There's a supernatural element to preparing. We do what he can. We do what we can, which is never enough but he multiplies it. He brings the increase. Do it in faith. And so I want to say, what containers is God wanting to prepare amongst you? How is he wanting you, those five loaves and two fish, what are those containers that he's wanting to prepare amongst you for the increase that's to come? Because you might sit and go, yeah, that's wonderful. That's brilliant. I have no idea what to do. But man, I'm going to give you some handles around that as we allow the God to supernaturally bring the faith element to that. Containers to prepare. I felt like there is a leadership container to prepare. 
You see, the disciples, there was someone that had to administrate. There was someone that needed to go and fetch the five loaves and the two fish and break them and hand them out and collect it afterwards and break the people into groups of 50 and 100. Can I say for what God is calling this church to, it's going to need pretty much everyone in the room to be a leader. (laughs) A little group of leaders is not going to be able to contain what it is that God wants to pour out. And so I believe God is wanting to say, put up your hand, saying, I will do whatever it takes. There's a container of leadership. There's a container of ministry teams. I love this this morning. I was just going, that's what I saw. God is wanting to multiply and increase ministry teams. Not only what it is, but also the amount of people that are connected to that team. I felt like in the area of kids, youth, worship, and missions, there was something of like preparing bigger ministry teams to be able to facilitate what it is that God wanted to release. I had this strange picture of camping equipment, four by four equipment, trailers, cars, vehicles, because I felt like you need to get ready to be on mission into Africa. Prepare the container of practical things, that there's tents, there's vehicles, there's trailers that are ready to go. When God says go, those things are never a problem. I felt like containers of administration, all the administrators in the room, all of those that love lists, there we go, Gareth, put up your hand. (laughs) There are going to be people that need to organize the 50s and the 100s and who's going and who's staying and who needs to be here. The containers of administration, the containers of finance. As a church, you're going to need to get ready to release finance when God says now. And he says, I want you to have it. I want you to have it for when that moment comes. And I felt like there was a sense of just getting, getting comfortable with giving, giving, being comfortable with releasing, allowing your life to be a conduit for the finances, for the kingdom. I felt like the containers of training and equipping. I felt like every person in this room and that will be added to this room needs to know how to lead someone to the Lord, how to pray for baptism in the Holy Spirit, how to prophesy, how to pray for healing and deliverance. Not like, oh, that's the ministry team for that. No, we are the ministry team for that. And so I want to say, get trained, get raised up, get ready to be able to do that. Because when people come in through those doors that are broken and wounded and, uh, and, and possessed, you need to know how to meet them. Prepare those containers. Get trained up. And I felt like there's going to be a training and equipping Guys, when they're going, are we going to train people this weekend how to, how to share the gospel and lead someone to the Lord? Be here. We're going to show you how to pray for healing for people. We're going to show you when a demon manifests what to do. Because we need to be ready for what it is that God's sending us. Well, sending you. <laughs> and then lastly, container of prayer. Loved what Mally brought this morning. Just about we shift things in the spirit before they come in the natural. And so the way you prepare is in prayer. You are praying for more drummers. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's a word from the Lord. You are praying for those to come in. You're praying for the lost. We prepare in the spirit for what is to come. And then we see it outwork in the natural. I think that's about enough that you can contain for a day. And so as I started, 
I said the prophetic word of God. If you believe it's from God, you've tested it and you feel this is confirming what God wants. It's going to take every person saying, I accept that invitation. I receive that word. I receive being a part of this family and the inheritance that God has for this church. And I'm going to say, how can I serve? How can I volunteer? How can I get involved? Where can I give? What can I do? That's how we partner with the prophetic. The Lord once spoke to me about standing in front of large groups of people behind a microphone. And I sort of realized I better have something to say when I get up behind the microphone. And so I made sure that I equipped myself in the word and I did theological study and I made sure I understood the scriptures and how to do that because I knew that one day I'd have to do that. But I could have sat and just gone, hey, God, well, great. One day when someone says, phones me and says, hey, out of the blue, would you like to come and preach on Sunday? <laughs> then start going, oh, goodness, I better find something to say. So you need to partner with the promises of God. And this morning, I want to encourage you and invite you as a church family to receive that invitation. To say, yes, Lord. And I felt this morning that God wanted to increase capacity. In capacity to give, capacity to serve, capacity to go the extra mile, capacity to, to give what's needed. Capacity to sometimes move homes and towns and cities. The capacity to sometimes say, I'm going to take my whole bonus at the end of the year, if you're lucky enough to get one. I'm going to give it to a mission. I'm going to give it to guys going. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to give my vehicle to go. You know what? Actually, let's just buy a twin cab for the church. That's how we partner with the prophetic. And so I don't want to emotionalize any of this. Because when I leave, there's actually, tomorrow, there's something that you're going to have to do. And you're not going to have me going, come on, guys, you can do it. Because it's not just a yes today, it's a yes tomorrow. It's a yes in three months' time. It's, it's, it's a yes when it's difficult. It's a yes when it's going to cost you. It's yes when it's cold and we're praying. It's a, it's a yes when I'm going to send my vehicle or my husband or my kids. Or It's a yes every day. And I just felt the Spirit of God saying, if you would say yes today and every day, He will give you the capacity. He will multiply your five loaves and your two fish. He just needs your yes. And he needs your yes every day. And so this morning, if you're feeling like, man, I, I feel that this is part of the inheritance. This is where I feel God's planted me. And this is where I feel I want to be, give my yes and give my everything to. Then I want you to respond this morning, not to me. I'm not looking. I don't know most of you. So I couldn't even tell Gareth if I tried who stood up this morning. Because you're not standing for me. You're standing before the he throne of heaven. And you're saying yes to him who calls you. You're saying yes to him who has called this church to do what we've shared this morning and so much more. And so if you want to 
respond with a yes this morning. I'm, I'm going to ask you to stand. Just as a sign, not to me, but as a sign to heaven. Say, Lord, we are saying yes. We are overwhelmed. We, we know that we can't do it. We know that we don't have enough. We know that it's going to cost us. But Lord Jesus, we want to get the containers ready for what it is that you want to pour out. We want our wineskins to be flexible, to hold what you're going to pour out in and through us for the increase that you're going to bring. And as you've responded with your yes, I'm going to ask you if you're comfortable this morning just to, to raise your hands to heaven, not to me, but to heaven. And I feel like the Lord wants to impart capacity for increase in your lives. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would release by your Spirit capacity for increase. 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 I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would meet these yeses with your anointing that brings capacity, your grace that allows us to do things that we never would have been able to do in our own strength. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would release capacity, capacity this morning, capacity to give, capacity to serve, capacity to go. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. And this is all for you. This is not even to, to build a church and build our church. It's to, to see the kingdom of God come. And for people's lives to be changed and impacted. In the name of Jesus.